Welcome to a special edition of Real Christianity, which is special because my wife is back on the show. She used to be on the podcast for, I don't know, two years or so. Yeah, probably and about two years ago. Yeah, we did a series. We originally started the podcast as Ultimate Marriage and then shifted it to Real Christianity after maybe, I don't know, 80 episodes or something. And so we're back and she's only back for this one episode. We're going to be talking about my newest kid's book, Jesus and My Gender. And she volunteered because she was so excited to get back on camera to interview me <laughs> on I? this topic. Okay. It was actually... We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. It was actually my assistant, Brittany. Yes. Who... Uh, Suggested it. Yeah. Su- mm-hmm. Aggressively suggested. <laughs> She's aggressively helpful. <laughs> aggressively helpful that um, we do this conversation. And so she even wrote some questions. And by she, I mean Brittany wrote some questions that Veronica is going to ask me about this topic. So uh, we're going to talk about Jesus and my gender, and you're going to learn about that. And if you want to order it at any point, you can go to relearn.org forward slash gender. You can also watch this episode. If you're listening to it, you can see Veronica in her beautiful orange dress and can say hi to us digitally that way if you'd like to, instead of yeah, just send listening. send a hand emoji waving. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look at the comments. So, okay, let's go ahead and, and dive in. You can ask questions and I will answer them. Cool. Let's go for it. Okay. We're just going to hop right in. Thanks for having me back on your show, Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, first question, where did you get the idea for the book, Jesus and My Gender? Yeah. I think that there was a lack of resources around the topic of transgenderism, which obviously we're seeing, even this morning we were talking about how Matt Walsh is really hitting this issue hard. Mm-hmm. There was a lack of resources. There's there's so many individuals out there that are needing answers to hard questions. As these parents that are going, hey, my, my child is being confronted with this content at school. Their friends are changing their gender. Trans theory is being taught in the public school system. Uh, they're seeing bathroom signs that have the cross gender. You know, it's like the half man, half woman, half dress kind of icon. And so these conversations are coming up. Yeah, they're getting kind of hit from every angle. Yeah, I think I saw some stat that was saying that by the age of five, children will have over a thousand instances of sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to see that just in, in public, especially if you live in like a big city right. or if you're, uh, you know, your kids are maybe on YouTube or on the internet, those things kind of slip in. TV commercials, TV shows, it's just everywhere. And so we are at a point in the church where Christian parents need resources to mm-hmm. not necessarily build an apologetic against the transgender and trans theory movement, but really to affirm biblical gender and roles for their boys and girls. And so uh, we wanted to create a resource that was well designed. I mean, I think that I hope if you're not new here, that you learn that we really care about design over at Relearn. And so everything we do, we try to do well. And so we wanted to write a a good book with great illustrations. Brad Smith was the illustrator on the project, and he Mm -hmm. worked really hard to make the illustrations fun. He's a professional illustrator working with some of the biggest publishing houses around. And so it's a great illustrations. And then I, I made it a rhyming book. Right. It's really fun for younger children, um, you know, little kids, preschool age, younger elementary, really love that rhyming. It helps, you know, developmentally with their 
with the way that they learn. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think I about think like really nice touch. And I, as a parent, I like rhyming books better. I don't know why. Like we read that Pilgrim's Progress book mm-hmm. that was a full rhyming book of Pilgrim's Progress. And that was fun to read. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that I like rhyming books. So that was a great uh, opportunity to write this book in a rhyming, uh, rhyming way. But again, I, we just wanted to offer tools and resources to affirm biblical gender to your boys and girls. Uh, a strong offense is the best defense, if that makes sense. You know, for example, I love having a really beautiful lawn. Now I don't get to do that here. Not in Arizona. Not in Arizona, but in Oregon. We got rocks, guys. <laughs> in Oregon, I was the lawn guy. I had like an <laughs> acre of grass that I would be almost the kind of guy that would get out there with scissors, but not that far. Um, and the best, the best defense is a good offense. Meaning that the best defense is is to have really strong grass kills weeds. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing here is really strong identity and their biblical gender actually will fight against any perversion of it. And so that's the attempt for, for this book. Great. All right. What is the goal behind writing this book? Yeah. The goal I I want to see parents have a sense of confidence and normalcy of affirming these kind of truths in their kids. I don't want them to feel like they're, there's almost like a sense of if you're talking about these things, you're mean or you're unloving. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is, it, it, you know. It is loving your children, discipling them, teaching them, um, you know, training them up in the admonition and training of the Lord. Yes, it, it is. Um, I just put out uh, something on social media that rejecting trans theory is a great way to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And playing into people's delusions is a great way to hate your neighbor. And this mm-hmm. is true even with our own children. It's a great way to love your children is to teach them what is true about who they are. God doesn't make mistakes. There is no opportunity or chance that a boy is stuck into a girl's body Mm -hmm. because God doesn't make those mistakes. Uh, He made us male and female. And so the goal is to really affirm children in who they are. And by giving them a vision of who they are, helping your little boys and your little girls see not just what they are as little boys, but what they will become as men and women giving them vision. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so the goal and, and the goal is two-sided, right? It's the parents that get to feel prepared and equipped and affirmed that it is good and right and true to teach these things to your children even if we're living in a culture that says that's unloving or mean. Mm-hmm. And then it's also for the children so that they would feel confident and rest in the gender that the Lord has given them Mm -hmm. and have no doubts and have no concerns about that, but actually be excited to be a boy and Mm -hmm. be excited to be a girl and be excited for what that means for the future. Cool. Okay. So how have you and I, but this is an interview geared towards you, how have you navigated these topics of transgenderism, things like that with our own children? Yeah. So our kids are pretty young. Uh, We don't necessarily open up the entire canister on the topic Mm -hmm. where we're giving them details of what is really going on. But what we have done is consistently given them a definition, a vision for who they are. And so, you know, you find me often talking to Aria about praying for her future husband and praying for her to 
have many children and that would be a blessing to her and that would be a blessing to us as grandparents and and same with our boys you know you know honor will sometimes run around and i want 10 kids or i want 5 mm-hmm. kids or whatever and, and just nurturing an appetite for the traditional family mm-hmm. and nurturing that desire for those things and we do i would say overemphasize masculine traits and feminine traits in our kids, meaning that we kind of play them up a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Valor jumps off of the, you know, the fence, it's like, oh, awesome. I'm so glad that you did that. I mean, that's so cool. You're so strong and, and you know. Brave and courageous to do things like that. Yeah, yeah. Or if Honor came up to me today and he said, hey, dad, I just want to let you know, I told mom that she looks good in her dress today. You know, and, and I, said, oh, I, I said, that's great honor. You always want to compliment women because they're so beautiful, you know? And so we're, we're kind of accentuating and magnifying these masculine and feminine traits within our kids. I don't know. What do you have to say on that? Um, yeah, no, I agree. I am. I think our kids living in the area that we do, you kind of mentioned earlier how some people are a little bit more exposed to this than others because of the areas that we've lived in or that they've lived in. We recently had a couple move here from Florida. And I was like, what's been the biggest difference? Obviously, Arizona is very different than Florida. And she said, honestly, I think just how much in your face, like just the West is compared to the East Coast. Like it's just rainbow flags everywhere and signs everywhere. And the people, you actually see it in front of you. She's like, we just don't really see that where particularly where they lived in Florida. And I was like, oh yeah, like kind of normal for us because we, Dylan and I grew up in Southern California and we lived there for most of our life. And then we lived in Oregon, which I think everybody kind of knows the reputation that Oregon has. We lived there for seven years and then now we're in Arizona and we're, we're in Sedona, which it's a very dark, spiritually dark place. And, um, and so, yeah, our kids have been at the grocery store with me and have seen an employee that, was born a man and is dressed like a woman. And it's evident that it is a man dressed as a woman. And they've actually come to the point where, um, you know, I get to the checkout line and I'm like, oh no, what, what are my kids going to say right now? And you can tell that my older two just kind of like are observing, mm-hmm. but they didn't say anything. And then we, we leave and we get in the car and honor, honor our son, our oldest son. Uh, he's six goes, mom, we need to pray for that man. <laughs> I was like, you're right. We do. We do need to pray for that man. And um, they just, they recognized right away that that something was not right. And so, um, yeah, I just often remind them like, you know, we don't get to be rude or aggressive or mean to them, but we do get to pray for them. We get to share the gospel with them. Yep. Um, and Lord willing, you know, the Lord will open their eyes to their sin and they repent and come to him. Yeah. The the thing about the gospel is that when we find our identity in Christ and we actually can trust that we have a good and sovereign God who is created us intentionally for good works, for the purpose of his will, even if our feelings or emotions are contrary to what is true, we can rest in, in Christ and rest in God. And and that's the the reality of the gospel. And what we need to constantly reaffirm our children is that the gospel can take the darkest, the, the most grievous perversion or distortion and actually make it new mm-hmm. and actually restore it to being right. Mm-hmm. You know, and people that in this world that have 
statements like "I was born this way," and that that is generally a pretty common response mm-hmm. from individuals in that community. We often say, "Well, hey, I was born broken too. Mm-hmm. I was born." with a desire for sexual perversion or for anger or for hatred or for wickedness. I was born that way too. And it's why I needed to be born again. You're right. Amen. And and so that conversation is is important of communicating to your children that it's not about you can't persuade these individuals into correct thinking. There actually needs to be, they don't need to be better. They need to be made new. And the only way someone's made new is the gospel. And so it's a delicate process of of working through and teaching your kids by demonstrating examples how that would actually work out. But I think more and more parents are getting those opportunities every day because they're running into them at the grocery store and everywhere they're going. So mm-hmm. anyways, good conversation about that. But let's let's move on to the, because we got a couple more questions that okay. are, I don't um, want to talk about Veronica before. She's like, <laughs> stop answering questions that I haven't asked you yet. I didn't say it that aggressively. I just said, you said it's, I was like, I don't know if this is going to take as long as you think that it's going to take. And he's like, well, yeah, it might because I talk a lot. And I said, well, (laughs) the issue with you talking a lot is that you generally jump ahead of me and answer questions that I have planned on asking. But then I get to them and I'm like, oh, (laughs) he already answered this. So hopefully we don't run into that. But anyway, um, what age range is this book targeted for? I think three to 10. I mean, it's 10 is pushing it. Yeah. I'd say maybe like eight or nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Aria has been around, she's going to be nine and she's, she's an artist. So she's enjoying watching the art be developed for this. And, and dad, can you read, can you read me your book? And, and so I think that she's already established. Well, there's in, a couple special touches in the art, right? There is actually, <laughs> there's, there's several, instances where I have integrated our children or our family into the uh, illustrations of the book uh, or just kind of things about our family. Inspired, you know, yeah, not necessarily like that is our kid or that is our kid. It's just things from our family that have inspired some of the illustrations and artwork in, in yeah, the book. Yeah, for for example, if you're a San Francisco Dodger or San Francisco Giants fan, you will be angry because there is a Dodgers pennant <laughs> um, in the... <laughs> In one of the rooms in there. So there's some small things like that. That's kind of fun. Little personal uh, touches. Yeah, little personal touches. But I, I think this book will be formative for children between the ages of three and seven. Hmm. I, I think that if you're hoping for these things to be formative in your eight, nine, and 10-year-olds, I think it'll be helpful. And another ingredient to the masterpiece recipe that you're producing of biblical thinking a biblical worldview it'll be a, another helpful addition to that but but these conversations people need to happen young i think you were just reading with the ladies mama bear apologetics mm-hmm. and i know one of the the kind of topics topics or themes of the book is parents need to be the first to talk about these things right like you you don't want your kids to be addressed on these matters before you had a chance to communicate. When, uh, yeah, because they might be addressed by a peer who has two moms or two dads. Yes, <laughs> like, or or, ad- mean, or addressed by someone who doesn't share a biblical worldview right? or someone who's actually aggressive and intending to pervert or distort your child. Right. And so we need to be... Um, the first. Yeah, the what's, first what's proactive? Yeah, proactive. There you go. And, and, and younger than we, we were. That, I think, is the hardest part for our generation. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, we are having to have these conversations with our kids younger than, yeah, because I don't think I was really exposed to anything like that. Maybe the earliest was junior high. And then high school was like, oh, I act, there's actually gay people around. <laughs> like that was, there was like five in my high school, 5,000 people. You know, it's just, it was not nearly as prevalent as it, as it is today. Yeah, as it is today. Well, but thinking about this, like nobody had to talk to me about transgenderism because it wasn't yeah. even a thing. I mean, it would, it was so absurd that, that, you know, they called these people at that time when I was a kid, transvestites, or they called them mm-hmm. cross-dressers, you know, um, it was such a insanely distant idea of reality that it didn't need to be really It didn't need to be uh, communicated. And so we're almost shocked in this generation to go, do I really got to talk to my four-year-old about this? And unfortunately, because you're going to bump into somebody at the grocery store. Or you already have. Or you already have. Mm-hmm. You're, it is wise to talk to them. Now, again, talking to them about it doesn't mean opening up the entire bag and you know throwing them in there and letting them see all the dark elements of it all. But it does mean building that offense. Mm-hmm. Remember, the offense Giving is the best Giving it to them in bite-sized pieces of what their maturity level can handle. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, how do you hope this book will help parents navigate this subject without exposing them, like you just said, to the yep. full weight of the distortion of gender in our modern world? I stopped myself, just so you know, from answering this question <laughs> in advance because I knew it was coming and I didn't want to play into your... Yeah, rein it in. Pl- play into your... Uh, projected hey i know you failure we've been married a while um, figured it out yeah so you don't want to bring them all the way in to the deep end of the pool on this matter regarding homosexuality regarding transgenderism regarding pornography you you don't want to take them too deep too fast mm-hmm. you need to be willing to have the conversation I mean, there's a book about on pornography. I think it's like a good images, bad images or something like that that we read oh, to our Oh, good kids. pictures, bad pictures. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like two of them. I think there's one that's like for a little bit older kids. And I think there's like a good pictures, bad pictures junior or something like that. Yeah. And so it does take tact and wisdom on how far you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, based off of the individual child's maturity level. And so for this book, we we didn't go super far. The, the farthest page we went with is that we, we had, there's a picture of, of a boy and a girl on the left and right hand side of the page and stringing across both sides of the uh, kind of the landscape of the entire spread is a handful of crayon drawings of heads and bodies. And it shows a head of like a cat with like a mermaid's body and it's crossed out. It's like, that's, that can't happen, right? And then it's like a picture of, a man's face with a mustache and like a woman's dress. You're like, that can't happen. You know, the kids realize like, that's, that's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's kind of playful. And then, you know, a woman's face and like a guy like muscle flexing with like a six pack. And you're like, oh, that, that's not, that's not right. And so you, that, that's as far as we've gone. And there's really not even a, a verbalized condemnation of that, um, in the book, but it does visually present like, you can point out like that, like how Honor did at the grocery store. You're like, he doesn't necessarily know the deep end of what's going on. But he knew something was not right. I mean, even yesterday, we're away from where we currently live, about an hour away. And we stopped to get lunch. And we went inside. 
And we came back out and we get in the car and Honor again goes, mom, I saw something inappropriate in there. And I said, what was it? And he said, well, some guy was on his phone and I just saw a girl dancing. And he's like, but I turned my eyes away. I didn't look. And he just, again, like had that conviction already at six years old of being like, okay, like that wasn't right. I'm going to not look at that. And he still communicated that to me when we got in the car. And I just let him know, hey, like, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I'm not mad at you. Like you can't control sometimes all the things that your eyes are going to see, but you can make the choice as to what you're going to continue to see and what you're not going to continue to see. Yeah. And this is just, again, uh, the result of constantly upholding a biblical view of modesty, a biblical view of what our bodies are to be protected and they're for our spouses. And mm-hmm. we teach that even to our kids in, in again, very easy ways and general ways right now. And as they get older, they get more specific. It's also helpful when you have boys and girls because they've is. got brothers and sisters. And so it's like the boys know that if their sister is changing or something to mm-hmm. not be trying to mess around with her and pop their heads in her room or something yeah, it, like it that. Is, it actually they, is. A, it's a pretty strict boundary. It's a very helpful thing to teach your boys about girls by using the dynamics of the home, like a brother and sister relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, so yes, we, we don't want to expose them too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to as a parent as they get older to bring more and more clarity. The one thing about this book that we did is that we put scripture verses throughout the entire, every page has scripture verses. We also included a kid's catechism on gender, five questions and answers at the end that really kind of affirm the biblical truths throughout the book. And you can memorize it, I mean, pretty quick, like probably in one day your kids can memorize it, but um, we want you guys to go through it several times just to help affirm that. Again, I want to say one last thing is that the whole idea of the best defense is a good offense. The same thing is true. You guys, if if you've been in the church for any period of time, you've heard this analogy because it's just a Christian thing that many pastors have done, but counterfeits are best detected by the FBI, by those agents, not because the agents have been studying counterfeits. They actually don't study counterfeits. They study the real thing. Mm-hmm. And so that when a counterfeit arises they spot it immediately. Spot it immediately. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, what's happening even with our own children is that when you affirm them in biblical identity and truth about men and women, about the family, about the purpose of the family, about the joys and excitement and vision and future of marriage and family and, and God's intentional design for that and his glorification that comes through that, when you teach those things and then a counterfeit is presented, it becomes obvious to a child. And so again, our generation didn't have to affirm us or our parents that to be a boy is a, is a boy thing and to be a girl is a girl thing and that you guys are going to get married one day and you're going to have children. Like that is, you know, I, I even wrote the introduction to the parents and I wrote, this book would have seemed absurd to almost every generation prior to us. Mm-hmm. It's sad that this book even has to be written. Right. But it does, and it's a fun way to affirm those truths. And I think it gives parents a blueprint of how to do so and will probably give you a bunch of other ideas. Yeah, and if your kid's a little bit older while you're reading it with them, it can at least start some conversations yeah. with your with your older child, you know, that's maybe not necessarily really desiring rhyming books as much, but you can maybe be reading it to their younger sibling and then it sparks a conversation with your older yeah. child. Well, Dale... Can we expect any children's books from you in the future? 
other children's books in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I had a blast doing this book. I, I am working on a catechism for kids. I think, unfortunately, our generation of Christian parents were not catechized. And I yeah. think... Very few were. Yeah, I think it's because that word has been so deeply associated with the Catholic Church mm-hmm. that the Protestant Church basically was like, nope, we're not going to do that catechism stuff. And so many of us don't even know the systematic tenets of the faith. So I want to, I think this generation is changing that. We are realizing that we need to have strong, biblical, rooted Christian kids that are anchored in God's design. And this tool, which is, again, kind of another offense makes the best defense, is strengthening your kids in biblical doctrine. And I'm putting together a, a catechism called Simple Theology. It's 100 questions. It's broken down into three uh, levels so that every question has three levels of answers. So for little kids, medium age mm-hmm. kids, all the way up to like the oldest one, you know, might be for 12 year olds, but it's fine for adults too. Yeah. Especially and, if you weren't catechized and you don't understand theology and you're just kind of getting into that, I think it would be really helpful for adults. If you're just trying to understand basic theology. Yeah, basically, as you catechize your kids, you will be catechized, Mm -hmm. which is a great thing. And so those categories that we we have with seeds, sprouts, and vines that we call them. So your your little seedlings are your little ones, and they have easier answers um, to the same question. And then your sprouts are a little bit older, and then your vines are your your older kids. And, And so it's a pretty big project because the illustrations need to be... I'm trying to do hand drawn illustrations that are beautiful and kind of a classic, nice, high quality book. And so that just takes a lot of time. It just takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I wish that the, the, the text is almost done, um, but it's going to take probably another six months before that's even actually ready to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think parents are chomping at the bit to get that mm-hmm. because they, they want a good resource um, that's not overwhelming. And so, yes, so Simple Theology is coming out. But for Jesus and My Gender, if you guys want to pick up a copy, and it would be really a blessing to our ministry because the book sales really fund everything that we do. I don't make any more money. Like We don't make any more money when a book sells. Uh, so all of the money from the book sales go to the ministry. And you can pick that up at relearn.org <laughs> forward slash gender. And it'll be available if you're listening to this real time. We are printing them right now. So we printing, we're printing several thousand copies. We've had over, I, I don't know if it's over, but it's close to 2,000 people pre-order the book. And it'll be printed in our hands by end of November, early December 2022, and will be available to ship for this Christmas. And so mm-hmm. if you want it for Christmas, if you want it to give to somebody else for Christmas, or, which I think people should do, is get it and put it in their local library. A lot of towns have those little uh, give a book, take a book. Oh type yeah, things. what are those little, called? Like, library just boxes. little libraries. They're yeah. just like on street corners. <laughs> yes, they're just like in neighborhoods. There's one at a park here. Yep. Like buy a few copies and stick them in there. Yeah. Um, how do you get books into a library? Can you just drop I off books? I think that there's like a board or something like that. I don't know that, exactly. Like, approves the books, mm-hmm. but um, that might be a little bit more difficult unless you know somebody that's kind of mm-hmm. inside. Yeah. But for your church's library, you can take it to your church, put it in your church's library for the kids' uh, ministries or whatever that are there. But we just want to get this book out. So you can get that at relearn.org 
forward slash gender. And uh, we'd love to send you a copy. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining Veronica's re-debut. Re-debut. Re-debut to the internet. It's a new word. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you guys are a regular listener to this podcast, you guys can just tap the stars to leave a review. You don't even need to write anything, but if you do leave a review, it will be very helpful for our ministry. A lot of people find us because of the reviews because we have 6,000 plus reviews. And Apple and Spotify put us high up on the search because of those reviews. So a review is a really great way to support our ministry. Uh, On that note, my name is Dale Partridge. This is Veronica Partridge. This is Real Christianity, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Also, would you consider leaving a review? You don't need to write anything. Just tap the stars in your podcast app. But if you would write a review, we will read it. Real Christianity is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, and of course, at relearn.org. You can also follow along on social media. Just search for relearn.org or Dale Partridge on just about every social media platform. Lastly, if you feel led to support our ministry financially as we fight to bring the church back to the Bible, you can always do that at relearn.org forward slash donate. Donate.